Hey, everybody out there. I've got two gentlemen here that are from the area. I've, they're brothers, um, Devil Dog Outdoors. I've got Lane and Leander Green with us here uh, at Powder and String Outfitters in our studio and uh, couldn't be more pleased. These guys are a couple of our pro staff. These guys, um, I mean, if you want to get into some coyotes, um, especially thermal uh, coyotes, but these, these two can definitely uh, you know, get you on them. heart of Wellington, Kansas, Powder and String Outfitters is your down-home, one-stop shop for all things shooting sports and outdoors. Welcome to the Powder and String Podcast. I don't know if maybe Lane or which one of you guys want to start, but if you want to tell a little bit about your guys's operation with devil dog outdoors and what you guys got going on i'll let him do it <laughs> yeah i'll go ahead and take it uh first off thanks for having us absolutely uh, you know we only tried for two three weeks to get this thing <laughs> yeah settled between in the holidays and the, and, yep. and, sickness and sicknesses and, and yeah everything try so. to get this thing scheduled yeah, i'm kind of fighting a little bit of a of a uh, getting off of a head cold and it's been going so, around for, yep, for just about everybody a uh, little bit about us you know, two brothers grew up in our small town, Argonia, Kansas. A couple rednecks. A couple rednecks, about as red as they get. Yep. Um, you know, we've been hunting our whole lives. Yeah. Started, you know, with our dad. A lot of dove hunting, a lot of, you know, pheasant quail. Really didn't branch off, to be real honest with you, into to coyote hunting until, you know, the last two, two years or so. Probably two years. Um, you know, always deer hunted, big deer hunters. Uh, loved to bow hunt. Um Got real into thermal. 2020, went down to, mm -hmm. I went down to Texas and uh, did some hog hunting. Right. Um, Always a good time. Oh, man. I'm telling you. Came back with the vid. Yeah. I did get COVID <laughs> coming back time. from that, surprisingly yeah. enough. But went down there, hunted two nights, and that's all we did was all night hunting, all thermals, all suppressed. Mm -hmm. um, just absolutely became addicted to it right yeah, there on the spot. I can totally relate. Yeah. Hunting peanut fields, right? Yep. A lot of peanut fields down there. You know, we got, got to doing that. Came back, you know had the sickness until I started looking up, you know, the prices of these thermals and, and especially, you know, two, three years ago when they yeah. were still fairly new. Well, technology they're not, they're not the inexpensive public. now, but mm -hmm. correct. But yeah. They have come that, down. And that's true. But, you know, get to look in those and, and that, uh, that solved my problems there for quite a while, you know, got rid of the itch, just looking at the price and wouldn't, um, uh, real reasonable for us to, to kind of do at the time, you know, fast forward another year and, and, Kansas starts a, a three-month nighttime coyote season. Right, yeah. Um, probably, if you ask my wife, the worst thing to happen uh, <laughs> I can in the last it. couple of years. Yeah. Um, and, you know, didn't think too much about it the first year it was open. Right, and, um, and, and you and I... It was a hobby. Right, we're all, I mean, we're all friends. We run into each other and stuff like yeah. that here and there. And so, uh, you know, I knew you guys were, you know, coyote hunting a little bit before, you know, before we started this uh, the shop and everything, so... Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and and we didn't do a whole lot of coyote hunting even leading up to that daytime calling or anything like that. So, you know, just see him out of a tree stand and shoot him with your bow. Yeah, yeah anytime you see a, a coyote, yeah. you have a requirement to down. shoot it. Yeah. yeah, turns into a coyote hunt real quick. Exactly. Um, you know, fast forward to to twenty twenty one. We didn't do much that first season. We didn't do any nighttime calling that first season. Kansas had it, but uh, um, mid January last year, you know, I picked up a uh, an IR scope. Mm -hmm. and told Leander, hey, you know, let's try this out, see if, see if it's something we're interested in. 
we started with a $90 dead bone coyote call with a (laughs) remote that was about the size of my cell phone. Right. You know, it had eight, 10, 15, something like that. Just pre-recorded calls. Yeah. Um, I I think Leander won it at a golf tournament, to be honest with you. And so we we go scooting out to a couple pieces of ground. Um, nothing special and family ground. Yeah. Just family ground hunting. I mean, honestly, 60 yards behind my uncle's farmhouse. Right. And, uh, you know, he says, Oh, there's coyotes back there all the time. We go set this little, little cheap call up out there and, uh, get to hitting these, you know, rabbit distress. We have no clue what we're doing. Right. No idea. And, uh, best way to learn for Mm -hmm. first time out called in two coyotes. Leander wasn't sure he was running the gun at the time and, you know, the other guy's just kind of standing there in the dark. Yeah, yeah completely in the dark. A, Absolutely. A, That's one of the things we're going to talk about. Yep. I had a green headlamp on and and uh, trying to run this call. And, and he says, oh, here comes two coyotes coming through this, just through a wheat field off Creek Bottom. And, well, and with the IR light, it's, you know, totally different from thermal. You see a flash of eyeballs. Yes. You know, and then once you can finally get that light on them, you get some definition. You get to see that it's a coyote or it's a deer or it's mm-hmm. whatever it is. And I see these two coyotes and it, first time ever doing it it is so hard to judge distance i amen yes and that's one of the things i also i can i can totally relate to that that's something we still struggle with yeah Yeah. 400 yards away yeah no shot so not to interrupt you real quick but i got a a quick little story my very first experience ever going out with a thermal um you know last year Mm -hmm. so probably around the same timeline um that you guys are going um you know i'm I'm, I've got a thermal and I'm going out and, and I'm going out with my soon to be uh, son-in-law Blake. And, you know, he's, he's, a, he shoots coyotes, great shot, mm-hmm. um, way better shot than I am. And, you know, but daytime. And so here right. we, we go out and um, he'd been out scouting, you know, earlier and everything. I was busy here at the shop and everything. So it comes dark. And so we go out and he's already got us set up. And as we're heading down, you know, South, it's kind of cl- heading down cl- close to the Oklahoma border. He says, well, you know, the second spot we're going to set up is right down this road here and, you know, points to the left, which would be the east, and says, uh, you know, I already talked to those farmers. They said, absolutely, I saw a couple dogs over there. So the other quarter mile, we turn into this little field, walk up, get set up. So in my mind, I'm thinking, all right, well, you know, basically directly in front of us is this house that he had talked about. Well, we're set up, and, I mean, it's not even – I mean, he hits the call and it's Happens less quick. than 30 seconds it's for quick. real. Yeah. And, there, and it's quick. Exactly. And it's, you know, again, keep in mind, this is, this is our very first setup. And so he's sitting there in the dark, literally. Yeah. And, you know, I wasn't familiar. That's one thing I've definitely learned, you know, I guess first time, you know, right out of the gate is you need to know what you're looking at at night and your right. surroundings and what your setup is. You don't just need to go in cold like I did there. And so, he hits, you know, hits the call, and within 30 seconds, here's two dogs, and he's he's whispering to me, "Shoot, shoot!" And I'm, it doesn't dawn on me that it's thermal, it's night, he can't see anything. That's how close these coyotes are. But in my mind, I see a a building mm-hmm. that's off in the distance with a little street light on it. That's probably you know 100 yards off, maybe maybe 175 yards off. Um, and I'm thinking, I figured this out later on, but I'm thinking at that time, well, that's that farmhouse, and I got to wait for these coyotes to clear through there. And I'm thinking, well, why would he have set us up, you know, this way? You just pointed that way, and he's he's hollering at me, shoot. Well, obviously they run off. I don't shoot him. He's like, why didn't you shoot? And then it dawned on me, they were like at eight yards. Yeah, I mean, these yeah. things were like in right our lab. If yeah. you stand in that same spot the next morning in the daylight, you're going to kick yourself. Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah. We went back and hunted that spot another, you know, later on in the season, shot a couple dogs out of that setup. Same, same deal. And, 
you know, it's still kind of an ongoing joke. And, but that's one of the things we tell everybody here in the shop right up front, you know, when they get the thermal is, you know, you got to be really, you, you really need to, 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 you know, I don't know if the right words acclimate yourself or, or, you know, it, it's a lot easier if you're hunting ground that you're familiar you know. with. I mean, yes, if absolutely. If you're hunting during the Amen. year or stuff that's been in your family for a while. You yes. You know from this tree row to that tree row. Scout. Only 200 yards. Yeah. I mean, you know where you're setting up and you know, hey, that waterway over there is 80 yards at yeah. the most. You know, looks even like if you 300, have, but it's 80 yards. Yes. Yeah. Even if you have a general idea, you know, in your head between 70 and, and 120, say, mm-hmm. that definitely helps. We find, and you know, it is one of the hardest things in thermal hunting, judging distance. And, and you find guys that, that do a lot more thermal hunting, you know, or year-round thermal hunting, um, do a lot more than I do. Uh, and it, they'll say the same thing. Yeah. Judging distance, even with a rangefinder. Yeah. Sometimes mm-hmm. you'll range a coyote and look at that and go, well, there's no way that's 120 yards. That's not right. That's, I hit something else with right. the rangefinder. Yep. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I, I second-guess my rangefinder all the time, even now. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's one of those things you kind of learn on the fly. and Right. Worst case scenario, you guess, you know, yeah. it it helps, you know, if you're running, you know, your gun well, you're running a good flat shooting round, uh, you know, a good setup, a 224 or, you know, a guys shooting 6.5 that's shooting a real flat round. Anything, you know, I'll tell those guys we're running, you know, 224 Valkyrie, both guns. And I'll tell those guys anything inside 200 yards, you're holding dead on. You hold dead on. Yeah. I don't care if it's, you know, 50 yards from you or well, he's 200 yards. And, from you. and just what my experience has been. Um, and, and kind of, you know, the same, it sounds like the experience has been very similar. My wife, you know, love my wife to death. She's great. She's supportive. She doesn't, you know, really ever say anything at all about, you know, my hunting and, and going and doing stuff like that. Matter of fact, there's times she's like, Hey, are you, I don't want to hear about you not going hunting and yeah. saying that get I kept you, yeah, get right. out of the house. Yeah. Um, you know, I get, I, I, I catch myself, you know, working too much, but, um, last year when I, after we got the thermal, um, you know, in my mind, I'm saying, well, I'm, I'm leaving at dark and I'm home before midnight, you know? So, mm-hmm. so I'm going out, you know, almost every day. And, you know, finally at one point she's like, um, you need to slow down just a little bit. And, and for somebody like me, I mean, I'm similar to you, you know, I, my coyote hunting experience, um, was limited to, if, you know, if that presented itself, that was it to actually go a out bro- and sit and call. You or somebody said, yeah. Hey, you go? Yeah. Or I was bird hunting yeah. and one popped up or mm-hmm. I was deer hunting and one popped up, hunt. but to go out and set maybe once or twice, it never really did anything for me. Mm-hmm. Yep. But this night thing, wow. I would I would be the first one to tell you that, you know, up until the last two years when we really started getting into this, you know, my coyote hunting expertise came from that exact same thing. We'd be bird hunting a field. I shot more birds or more coyotes pheasant hunting, you mm-hmm. know, walking stubble or walking waterways than I did ever sitting down and trying to call anything. Yeah. And, you know, we kind of missed that era of, the hand calls, electronic callers are such a big. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right because now. it gets the the predator. They're a predator. So yeah. if you with with electronic call, you're getting the call away from you. Whereas you know they're they're they are a very smart animal and, yeah. and much louder and so much more realistic. Yeah, all these um, these sound files are they're real. I mean, they were recorded right next to, I mean, real coyotes. Mm-hmm. That's how these sound files are made. You know and. Go ahead. Not only that, but when you're talking about using an e-caller, I set that e-caller 40, 50 yards away from us. Right. I call a spot, you know, say I'm calling 180 degrees in front of us. That's really the spot we're focusing on. 
But they can come two, from anywhere. They can come from anywhere, and they yes. and they will. I mean, they'll one hundred percent peekaboo you from behind. Yeah, you know, and you'll you'll turn around. And regardless a guy of will be standing ten yards away from you. Regardless, obviously, you're you know you're you familiar with the, the wind and, and all of that stuff, yeah. but it doesn't matter. They're they're you, you can try all you want, but yeah. you never know. I mean, pulling up to a spot unless they're standing out in the open, and you're, you know, I'm always glass and fields, you know, with thermals when we're pulling up right. to them just Before to kind of make sure we're not bumping out. anything. Um, but the the thing about that is I set that call out 40, 50 yards away from us. Even if they do come up and surprise us, what are they looking at when they come in? They're looking at that call. Exactly. They're not looking at where we're standing. Mm-hmm. Whereas those guys back in the day, when you were hand calling, they come running in looking for a sound and you've got that thing in your mouth calling. Mm-hmm. They're looking directly at you or they're, they're, they've got you pinpointed, even in the dark, they've got you pinpointed by sound. Yeah. So all their attention's on you. you can well, I mean, that's their, that, that's their, that's how they live. Yep, is absolutely. They, they can tell a mouse and, mm-hmm. you know, pinpoint it. So and you can get away with so much more just running that, that e-collar and, you know, setting it in an angle away from you mm-hmm. or playing, you know, kind of a crosswind. That's a great, to kind of, great to point. Kind of stay yes. out of that deal. Well, now on top of that too, even just hunting at night. It's night and day. We've had guys come out with us to go do this thermal stuff. Blue jeans, highlighter yellow shirt. I mean, not knowing any different, you know, they're right. just going kind of hunting. They're thinking it's dark. It's fairly true. I uh, mean, I'm we've had coyotes at, at 25 yards and mm-hmm. guys wearing blue jeans and a on a high-vis, you know, construction shirt. Yep. I took my uncle out his, last his year. Cap, cap that he wears every day to work. Right. Smells, all kinds of smells. Yeah, I took my uncle out yards. last it's, year wearing his high-vis, bright green shirt, you know, blue jeans, same thing. Yeah. Talking, talking like we're in a crowded bar right next yeah. to me. Yeah. And we still kill a dog off that stand. Right. And it never never ceases to so, amaze me. So and you also get the ones where you do everything right. You're hunting the wind. You're doing this. And those dogs hang up at 250, 300 yards. Yeah. And, and you I get, would. You get both sides. And, and I, I think that's an age thing. And I, I agree coyotes, with you 100% there. Yeah. Once they're, you're only going to, you're only going to um, slip up once, maybe twice yeah, smart. with they a coyote. Once smart. they've figured this out, they're, they're onto that game. And yeah. They're, they're, I mean, maybe, and I guess I'm posing this as a question, but maybe um, as you get later into, you know, the season or into spring where the, where the, they're mating or, or getting into that more of that mating, maybe that old, that it's a old little dog, earlier, actually. you can get, you can get away, you can get away with some of that stuff. Um, you know, second week of February into the first week or two of March mm-hmm. is when they're really pairing up and, and getting together. A little bit like the deer rut, I wouldn't say it's it's nearly as extreme. Right. Um, I would say deer hunters might crucify me for this. Coyotes are probably smarter than deer. Um, I would tell when you it I comes think to, they when are, When it yeah. comes to that deal. Um, I, but I, I, I don't think coyotes during breeding season are as... Get as dumb. Get as yeah. dumb as deer do yeah. during Black the rut. And I would agree with you on that. I, I will too. say you probably, you probably would get away with some of it, but... I, I also am from the philosophy that if you call those coyotes in, you need to get them killed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you get, because yeah. you're going to get one, maybe two chances at that coyote. And if you don't get them killed either time, you're going to have a heck of a time trying to yeah. kill well, them after that. That's awesome, too, about you know the calls that we run. There's, what, over what 200 sound files that we have on uh, that call yeah, now? at least. So, I mean, you have plenty of options that uh, you slip up and you can do something totally different. You know, if you're mm-hmm. doing coyote calls and mating calls, now you go, you have all these files of predators or distress calls and prey calls that you can use. I mean, there's yeah. so many. So I we kind of got off topic and I kind of jumped in there for a minute and you were kind of telling about how you got into this. So um, I want to I want to talk about you. You recently 
Lane, you went up to, to Nebraska. I did, yeah. Yeah, went up to uh, Scotts Bluff, Nebraska, hunted with Jeff Nemnick. I don't know. I'm sure if, if predator guys yeah, are if you're familiar predator, with yeah. Jeff. Yeah. Um, he you does know a thing he is. that's called Coyote College. You know, I decided when Leander and I decided we were going to start this kind of thermal hunting deal and, and take some guys out and really try to try to get them on coyotes, I decided it was probably in my best interest to do everything I could to just understand you know, throw myself into this coyote hunting deal. Right. Learn what works, what doesn't, what kind of calls, you know, to run on that e-caller. Because until a year or so ago, I was unfamiliar with e-calls. Right. You know, I don't, I would go out there and every stand, you know, the first two months we hunted, every stand we would hunt would be nothing but, but, you know, prey distress, rabbit, 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 mm-hmm. rabbit. And, you know, so I got to doing a lot more reading and doing a lot more, you know, looking into this and, what are you know guys that kill like Jeff kills 250 300 coyotes a year a season yeah no and better guy to go learn from right and that's from and he he does what he calls a self-imposed season which is from October till he hunts till about middle of March right um you know and he's got a lawn care business and he, he does all that stuff in the summertime and he said you know by the time it gets to warmer weather and the, the lawn care stuff starts back up you know I'm ready for a change I'm right kind of you know burn out on hunting coyotes and then you know I'll do that for four or five months and and then by the time October gets back you know, mm-hmm. to him, he's, he's, he's chomping itch. at the bit to go yeah. back yeah. out and, go and back kill out coyotes. And, yep. Yep. Um, so he does a deal. With, it's called Coyote College. Um, and, and what it is, you go up to Scotts Bluff, Nebraska, where he's from, and, and you do one full day, 10 hours or so, um, sitting in a conference room at, at the local hotel. And, I mean, he goes over everything. He goes over shot placement. He goes over how to hunt different big ranches, where to set up how to use the wind to your advantage coyote behavior coyote behavior um you know coyote breeding just generally the way he i mean the way he thinks that that coyotes think right um, and it's just it's so much information to soak up um he i mean he's got he's got ballistic charts I was saying, that's, that, that's the coolest part of that whole handbook that you brought home was he's got a chart that he goes off of on coyote speeds like shooting a running coyote yeah, so coyote all running coyotes. What you're shooting, how far you should lead. If a coyote's running parallel to you at 10 miles an hour, it's a three and a half foot lead. If you're shooting a 3,300 foot a second bullet, mm-hmm. you know, if you're shooting a 4,000 foot a second bullet, it's, you know, this lead. So, with regards to that, you know, for our listeners and for those out there that are, you know, maybe looking at, at going um, and, and contacting somebody that's a guide, that's the great thing that, you know, you kind of already talked about is, you know, you've got your your coyote setup, mm-hmm. and so you already know what the ballistics are of what you're shooting so then you can mm-hmm. you can tell yep. somebody that's just getting started or somebody you know if you're wanting to get started into this obviously we've kind of touched base on on you know the price you know the thermal to get into the sure. thermal market or the even you know just the night vision um market you know you're you're talking you know several thousand dollars at least a thousand dollars but and and I would tell people that with regards to thermals, um, the number one thing that I tell our customers when they come into the store is I try to relate it to um, something that they can understand, and I you know a television or even your cell phone. So the resolution, in my opinion, and and I'd love to hear what you guys think, but with the thermal resolution is spend your money on your resolution before you spend it on magnification. Correct. Yeah, and the thing about thermals. The magnification side of it, it doesn't matter. I mean, IRA USA makes nowadays makes a, a 1280 resolution scope. Uh, That's crazy for thermal, That's which nuts. is absolutely unheard of. Um, high definition, both, both video and and clarity. 
Um, yeah, and I'm running you know, a and it's 640 and 640 is is top notch. I mean, until they yeah, made this 640 and that 640, I, we were I was just talking to a customer last night that has the exact same scope that I have, and um, he's a little bit older, and so the, the learning curve. That's the other thing with technology is you know the other thing I tell people when they're coming in is take everything that you know about optics and throw it completely away because it mm -hmm. doesn't it, nothing carries over nothing to thermal over, right? other than it looks similar to you know to the to and the glass see, that you're, you're going to put see crosshairs and you're going to see crosshairs <laughs> but other than that it, nothing yeah. is the same yeah. um and you know so he was just and this was just last night um and he was telling me how amazed he was that you know he finally got it you know working and set up and everything and he and he didn't have it on his gun um but he was out in his yard at night and the family dog he was like i could not believe that i could see the individual hairs mm -hmm. You know, and you know the heat coming off of yep. of them, and well, you know this will be our our first year running the six forty. Mm -hmm. Six forty scanners. Yeah, we're still running. We still run three eighty four scopes, and I'll, I'll be real honest with you: if you don't have scanners, and you're just going to run a scope, and you're going to kind of use that scope to scan, six forty is the way to go yeah. on those yeah. scopes. With scanners, you know, we we went with the six forty scanners because him and I stand out there scanning for clients are going to need to 100% know what we're calling in, what we're looking at. Yeah. And that's the other thing too, that I always tell people is, is this, this hunting, this style of hunting is it's addictive. Oh, 100%. it's a different level. 100%. It's, it's, you know, for me, if I'm just talking straight across the board, all kinds of hunting, I mean, don't get me wrong, deer hunting, you know, whitetail, especially around here, we've got big deer. Yeah. I love it. But yeah, that's my number. It, and it and waterfowl. Ever, yeah, coyotes won't ever top whitetail well, for me. But it's I would tell you later on in life, two. I I got turned on to turkey hunting. And yep. man, the interaction, the it's close, the it's yeah, loud, all of that. Exciting. You know, it's just you know. And so, man, that thing, you know, that hunting got up there. This is the this is the closest thing I can ever say with regards to kind of. It was kind of like an aha moment. Like, why did I wait so long? But of course, you know, we didn't have the season here, but. It was, it was, it just was another level with regards to thermal. You get out the in the middle of the night, no two, three mile an hour wind, it's 20 degrees, and you hammer that first call, it's, it's going to give you some chills. Yeah. Well, not it's, only it's that, it's a rush. You hammer that first call on a cold, clear night, and not only do you get the chills, maybe, maybe I hit a long hell, right? Know, to start off the night, kind of see where all the coyotes are <laughs> and at. Then the, the, and, and six, seven coyotes. Yeah, out, then the all, whole, all directions. everywhere. 360 yeah. degrees around you. Not only that, maybe I hit that call and we run it for 45 seconds and here comes three charging straight at us. Mm -hmm. It's go time. There's a lot of nice adrenaline rushes that come with hunting, mm -hmm. deer hunting in particular. I mean, shooting a, a big buck with your bow and that oh, feeling yeah. you in, get in as it runs element. off and you know that you just made a good shot at 20 yards and that, that deer's dead. I used to say deer hunting was my number one and, you know, coyote hunting, has been so addictive that it was it was number two easily they're very very close to being tied for number one yeah I would say. It's, a, it's the same but different I, I i still get you know that adrenaline shake when those when i get a good group of two three coyotes running in straight at the call i'll get the shakes a little bit well another another point that we we haven't touched on here is is that with the deer you know at least here in kansas you only get one buck tag that's mm right -hmm. whereas you know coyotes you're, you're shooting all yeah, it's you want. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely it's you please want. do. Yeah, everybody. Yeah, I mean, there's there oh, there's there's more coyotes now than I think ever I've ever seen. And yeah. you talk to I, farmers this, this year and, especially. I think yeah, they've been they're so just thicker. You never thick. see a farmer so happy when you go to his door the next day and tell him. That yeah, you, you, you can't get permission. You it 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 is next to impossible to get permission to hunt anywhere around this area. And and we all grew up here. 
I can remember, yeah. I mean, I can remember when I first started cutting my teeth deer hunting, there wasn't a place in this county that I couldn't hunt. Now, Mm -hmm. fast forward, there's very few that I can. can't touch any Very, very few that I can. But you go to those same farmers and say, hey, I'm going to shoot a coyote. Matter of fact, they're coming into the shop here. Hey, here's my name. Here's my number. If you got anybody that wants to go shoot coyotes, have at it. Or I'll tell you right now. Hey, you want to go out and shoot coyotes with us? Mm -hmm. That's another way. Those guys will say that same thing. You say, hey, well, yeah, I mean, you're going to let me come out and shoot coyotes. You want to come with us? I've got the stuff. Yeah. yeah. You know, come out. Come so out and run a, a, a scanner. Bottle, I'll tell you what, come out and I'll let you run the gun yeah, if you yeah. want to do that. I've shot so many coyotes that I get, it's like deer hunting. I get just as big of a thrill watching my nephew Jackson shoot a deer or Absolutely. watching Leander shoot a deer as I do if I'm shooting it myself. Absolutely. It's the same yes. thing with coyote hunting. Yep. You know, I shot yeah. 55 coyotes last year and I hunted for a month and a half. Right. At yeah, some point, gonna, at some point, I like taking other people out and saying, hey, you run the gun. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so, show and pull the trigger. That's so, it. to further that point, um, where we, you were talking about scanning, I, I try to tell people, you know, you need to find somebody else that has a, a scanner, mm-hmm. at least one, because otherwise you're literally Scanners sitting, are a really important yeah. part or, of this deal. Or, or with a gun and a scope. Yeah, with Running a gun and a scope. And one thing, it too, helps, that, that I've sure. also told, told um, individuals, like if you're just you know, if maybe you're just wanting to get into it and, you know, you don't know if it's for you, you've heard kind of what we're talking about here, you get that hype and you're like, I think I'm going to like it, mm-hmm. but you don't want to drop that big chunk of change. Yeah, you're not looking to spend five or six. One of the things right that I've away. told customers is, Hey, get the lesser end thermal and then start with that. And then later on, once you say, all right, this is legit, then you can actually use that as a scanner. Or or come out and spend the night with us and see if you're going to like it. There you it. go. Yeah. You yeah. Know, that, that's the it's easy way to do it. It's a very easy, fairly inexpensive way to get into it if you're not sure. Mm-hmm. I think that's where a lot of our clientele is going to come from is guys thinking, I think it'd be fun, but that's a lot of money. Hey, come out, use our equipment. We'll put you on great property for coyotes. Yeah. And not you only know, that, I would almost guarantee you from my experience and I would say everybody we've taken out, you'll leave addicted to it. Yeah, you'll leave, it's, it's you'll something leave different. and you'll go home and you'll sit in your truck in your driveway and look on your phone on your phone yeah. at yeah. the price of thermal scopes and see and talk to yourself in your mind about justifying it. Uh, yeah. What guns can yeah. I what guns can I sell and you know can I sell my four wheeler and, and yeah. this and that and you'll look and and that's I know that because that's what I did. Yeah, yeah. you know I I was telling you I started with that IR light mm-hmm. and. I had it. I think into January, I went out with some with a buddy, and he had thermal. Mm-hmm. And he had a scanner, and the three of us went out. And you we might as well no, just ran not, over that not, IR light after that. Huh? Not really any idea what we're doing, you know, calling wise and stuff like that. We saw thirty one coyotes that night in seven hours. That's crazy. We killed three. Right. It was one of the wildest nights I've I've ever had. Right. Know, in my short coyote hunting career. And what I realized that night is. That IR light works fine, and guys kill lots of coyotes with that, especially mm-hmm. up in up in the Midway, Illinois, and Missouri, and places like that. But as far as you rely on your buddy with his thermal scope to see these coyotes when they're coming out in the field, I can scan all I want with that IR light and that scope, and I have to catch the eyes of a coyote for mm-hmm. me to for me to see it right. and be able to get on. Right. It. But with him, he was calling it out. And then I can, you know, get my gun turned kind of where this coyote's coming out. Um, and so that's that's what I tell people a lot. If you don't know you're, if you're going to be really interested in this deal, 
a cheaper way to go about it than just going out and buying a thermal scope and doing this, doing that, and spending five, six thousand dollars. Go buy, you know, ATN makes an IR scope. Yep. Uh, Sightmark makes an IR scope. Pulsar makes an IR scope. Go out and buy one. Get an aftermarket IR light that throws an eight hundred yard beam, and then spend. Um, you know, could buy an ATN or an AGM or something like that, a $1,000 handheld scanner, even if it's a 284 resolution scanner. Because all you're trying to do with the scanning is you're just, you're just trying to, see, just trying that to see it coming. If I can mm-hmm. see... There's white, something out there. Even, even if I can't identify it, if I can see a white hot ball of light in this field running towards me... You're pretty sure it's not a deer because right. deer's not going to come to us. And it's running parallel or it's trotting or doing whatever. I can turn my IR scope... To where that is, and once I pick it up in my IR scope, I'm not going to lose it. Right. You know, exactly. I would tell people that want to get into that, you know, at the entry level, that's another good option. Um, you know, scanners, especially, just such an integral part of what we're doing. Yes. Um, we put these guns on a tripod, and even if you're running two guns, you're getting 60 to 80 degrees of, of like field of view that you're kind of keeping an eye on with your with your scope on a tri- or with your gun on a tripod and doing it safely. Yeah. Right. And you said safely. And that was one thing I, I it was literally, you, t- you took the word out of my mouth. That's another point that we bring up with customers is, you know, let's say that you're, um, you know, and I speak from, from experience, it took me real quick to figure this out. Um, our very first setup, we set up with our backs to a barn. Mm-hmm. So that right there limited our, and, and we, we thought that out if you will, yep. mm-hmm. but it didn't take long till we got to the next setup. And we didn't have that structure behind us. Mm-hmm. So here's Blake mouth calling. He doesn't have any. We only have one device to see at night, you know, one thermal that's on top yeah, of my gun. He's blind, basically. So he's, yeah, he's blind yeah. completely. And so here I am, you know, and I've got a tripod. So I'm, I'm scanning, but I'm basically having to, you know, for the most part, just kind of walk in a circle. We knew which direction we thought they were going to come from. But as I start doing that, you know, I don't want to, you know, come past him with a muzzle. So then I'm sitting there going, well, this, this is horrible. So I'm, you know, it didn't take, it took me, you know, the second setup I learned. There's a bit of an art to it. Yeah. Safety. You, it, it, from a safety standpoint, you need another set of eyes to be able to scan everywhere. Because like we said, these, Mm. these coyotes, you know where you think they're going to come from, Mm -hmm. but it's not, it's not nine times out of 10 that they're going to come from there. It's like, Seven out of ten, yeah, you know, seventy yeah. percent of the time they come the I mean, direction you think. There's just as good a possibility one's going to pop up behind yeah. you where you didn't think there could even be a coyote sitting. Right, and they have a way of just kind of showing up out of nowhere. Yeah, especially and, at night. And you know, you talked about scanning. Obviously, we all do that and everything. You scan a field before you go. You know, before mm-hmm. you get out and everything like that. But another thing that just completely and totally just blew my mind with with regards to this thermal this thermal world is is how many deer animals. Mm-hmm. Coyotes. You can see a mouse. You can see a mouse. A field mice. Yeah. 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 The same conversation we were having last night with that gentleman I was talking about with with his you know family pet. Mm -hmm. He he. I said the same thing. I said you can see a field mouse. You know, driving down the road. Yeah. You know, you you can see a field mouse. You never think a rabbit could look so big. The first person you see one through a thermal. Right. Every time you meet somebody on a thermal for the first time, and and whether they're running a scanner or a gun, ninety percent of the time that I've put somebody on a thermal for the first time, they will call out two to three rabbits Easily. as coyotes yeah. bef- before we see our first coyote. Right. And I always, I would, I'd tell them, hey, you'll undoubtedly know when it's a coyote. Yeah. Right. Um, but Leander's correct. 
rabbits. I've never seen rabbits look so big mm-hmm. as they do in a thermal Coons, scope. Same awesome. thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, they look like thirty-five pound rabbits out there, and, and until you see them hop, all you're seeing is well, that. and that goes back to the, what we were talking about with resolution is is that you know yeah. is, in again my opinion, and I have yet to have anybody that is in this industry, and obviously, you know, I've I've you know completely dove into this industry. Um, to familiarize myself with it because I, I ate it up and I've got a lot of resources. I've yet to have anybody tell me that resolution was not the most important. Yeah. So resolution is most important. I try to explain to them, just think of it as your phone. We all remember, or even your te- television, you know, uh, mm-hmm. for those of us that are a little bit older, you remember, you know, the old boob tube televisions. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden we had the, you know, the Sony came out with like that 32 inch Trinitron that was, you know, weighed 855 pounds and you right. didn't have to worry about somebody, you know, they could break into your whole house and take everything, but the TV was still sitting there because yeah, it was you're so heavy. That. Yeah. Just, uh, just go but, watch any sporting event yep. and stand definition so and you'll think to yourself how did we how ever did we ever yeah how did we ever like yeah how did we ever do you do can't this? even see the numbers on yeah on some of those well, guys standing on so the field. awesome when it first oh yeah out. and so then we got and i mean man when 480 came out you know man that was just crazy and then you know 720 and then 1080 and now we're at you know it's whatever. never gonna stop either. it's yeah so going back to this technology if you take that old cell phone that you had and you try to you know magnify it you know you, mm-hmm. you, you know s- s- increase the screen size and so that we can do it, it just turns grainier yeah. Yeah. so and, and you'll find that with thermals even the even the high resolution units. yeah and we're also and we've already talked about mm-hmm. it's in it's it's very very difficult and and as i've you know dove into this too one thing i've also noticed is is that when you get into the higher end stuff and even stuff that's not you know military use and stuff like that the next generation stuff that's not available for civilian use they're still trying to combat that uh, or tackle that that um, depth depth yep, perception absolutely. type thing. Yep. So if you're trying to zoom in on a grainy picture, then y- y- you know it doesn't matter. You can you can you What's can zoom point? in all you want, yeah, right. but yeah. if it's if it's not clear, then <clears throat> why would you, you know do that? I, yeah, I would take a clear picture over being able absolutely. to zoom in every day. And and a lot of that stuff you're going to start out with two to two and a half base magnification, right? Which right for, out of the gate, as we two. talked about, two and a half magnification, it makes everything immediately look bigger because there's not that depth and, perception. And for 200 yards and in, which a lot of times I'm not going to have. one of my questions. Not going to have anybody shoot. There's not a reason to. Yards. We've got spots that, that we could call, and it, I mean, unless a dog is sitting out there, hung up, burger barking at you, yeah, and it's, you just 100 percent know he's not going to come in. Even then, I would be hard pressed to. We had a set There's up. No use educating that coyote by lobbing a couple rounds at him. I mean, we're shooting suppressed, right? We may, yeah, but but sometimes I mean, you're just gonna get that. I want to circle back to the suppressed, but real quick. <clears throat> last year, we had a setup. It was um, me and a couple of other buddies, and there were so there's three of us with with thermals, and we uh, got to this spot, and right out of the gate, you know, we're scanning. There's three dogs, all within. You know, we can all see three different dogs. Mm-hmm. One of them was about 700 yards. The closest was about. 250 yards um and the one that was at 250 yards um and the one that was between the farthest one they were both bedded down mm-hmm. cold night a little bit of snow on the ground and we're just getting set up matter of fact we didn't even we weren't even able to set the, the call out because where we wanted to set the call out um the, the dogs were kind of out there the coyotes were already out there so we set it out about 10 yards we didn't want to spook them and right out of the gate um i was shooting suppressed and they weren't so they said all right pop that first one and so we shot the first one neither one of the other two didn't they didn't they didn't yeah, move they don't know what happened no they yeah. the, the, matter of fact they i don't even think crack. they they i don't even remember that i don't think they even they set up they yeah. you know they were still there so 
then we start calling, bring the other one in. One of the other guys shoots. The third one at that point, no, actually, we shot the second one again with my suppressed gun. One of the other guys grabbed my gun so that way we could not try to scare that other third one off. So he shot the, the other one with my gun because it was suppressed. And then the third one just sat out there, and I think, you know, probably at that point kind of kind of caught on. And he, he, he was out there for 15 or 20 minutes, but oh, not that long. He was probably out there for five or 10 minutes. And then finally it was, you know, 500 and some yards, and we were like, all right, well, let's, you know, we're, we're, we're done. We're going to the next setup. Mm-hmm. Let's just lob one out there. Well, but here's, other here's the than that. about it in height. That dog's 700 yards and he's not moving. You can walk right at him if you've got the win in your favor. Yeah. There's nothing to say that you can't close that gap instead of you know what? closing I, that and gap. That's funny that you say that because I don't think it crossed the three of us. Yeah. I mean, we're all three of us out there are all seasoned hunters. Situation, it would never cross your mind. Yeah. yeah. You're Especially coyotes. if you've got a decent breeze. Yeah. I don't uh, think it ever even crossed our mind. Yeah. So, it's I mean, that's the kind of waterway. You've got yeah. the advantage. Yeah. You know, you've got the thermal. You've got as long this. as you can keep, keep your noise down. Yeah. Close that. There's nothing to say you can't close that gap yourself. Yeah, and I would think, I I guess I'm, you know, you'll never know, but I guess they probably know that there's those other two dogs are out there, so they're just going to assume that something goes Mm -hmm. bump in the night or whatever. It it could more than likely be, you know, one of the other coyotes. So I never, I don't think it ever even crossed our minds that we could do that. Yeah, because it's it's totally different than anything you've ever done. Yeah, it's so foreign, and that's the other thing that, one of the things that that just completely, I was talking about this earlier and kind of got sidetracked was, is that blows my mind away is is when you're driving down the road, you know, we'll pop our our scope off. And that was another thing that that we found is we can take with a quick detach mount, if it's a good quality quick detach mount, you can take it off and put it right back on. That is one thing. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But you you can, but but what I was saying with the quick detach is we can take it off and put it, as long as you put it back in the exact same location, Mm -hmm. We don't yeah, have a problem on a with zero. Rail. Yeah, on a Picatinny rail, we don't have a problem with zero in it. That's why I took I took mine and actually marked the slots right. where mine where mine sets in there, because a lot of those scopes you can set four or five or six zero exactly. profiles on yes. there. So if I want to take that off and I want to put it on, you know, a, a twenty two, right? You know, or something like that, mm-hmm. I, I can do that, and then I'll just pop it right back on and go back to my yeah, you know, my original zero, my original zeroing, yeah, uh, profile number one for my two two four and it's it's good to go again. so we'll pop it off as we're driving along and you know again kind of kind of goes back to what, what one of the other points that we brought up in the in the earlier conversation was that farmers will let you go shoot a coyote mm. you know on their ground it is very 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 rare yeah and and so you know again you being that. from here and everything we know who owns the ground for the most part and if you don't then there's always the apps out there that you know on mm-hmm. X or whatever that yep. you can you Onyx can is what we use. yeah and that's what I use as well um, so if we see a coyote out there then we either you know know the farmer and they've already said we could or, or we'll it's just a phone call. yeah it's a quick phone call yeah and so we call them and and you know hey do you care if we shoot a, shoot a coyote Please out here do. yeah there's but, nothing like collecting a couple road dogs on your way to your next yeah, stand yeah. too exactly <laughs> it's just a little yeah. added bonus for exactly. everybody yeah. so. But but my point with that is is that I was m- just completely blown away with how many animals are seventy to a hundred yards out away from the road, just at outside of the headlights at all times. You know, on that point, it's just um, it's just unbelievable. We were talking about, uh, you know, that that night I went out and we saw thirty one coyotes. Mm-hmm. The other thing we saw that night, and I think they kind of correlate now. They, that we, now that we think about it, they do is field mice. Mm-hmm. Every stubble field we hunted that night, I mean, there was hundreds of field mice mm-hmm. zipping back and forth and in and out and this and that. And we've found a, a pretty good correlation between nights when we go out, cold, clear nights when we go out, and we start to see field mice scurrying around mm-hmm. in big groups and stuff like that. 
we well, just say, hey, everybody strap in because it's about to it's well, about and, to get western. And deer, too, because if you're out on a night and you are scanning in the truck or you're scanning when you get to a field and you're not seeing deer all night, it seems to me in our case – Anytime that we haven't seen deer, we're not seeing very many coyotes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, they're all whether, kind of on the same wavelength wind or, or somehow. You know, everything's, everything's buckled down for the day. <clears throat> Something weird's going we on. We called a couple times last year in a 30-mile-an-hour wind mm-hmm. and, and called in coyotes. Yeah. I, I would say, you know, some guys will be quick to say, oh, I can't call in coyotes when it's windy like uh, that. We did at, at night. Hey, just turn that e-call all the way up to 32 yeah. or whatever what you yours got, is what running you got at to lose. and let it fly. It's better than sitting on the couch. Yep, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, go go back real quick and and talk about my trip up to nebraska yeah um you know that first day you sit eight ten hours he's got a a workbook and you go through all this different stuff and so you spend the next two days um doing nothing but making making sets from sun up to sundown and we made i think that first day we went out started right in the morning we made 19 stands and it was warm and windy and and kind of Numbers weren't that great. Some of the stuff we were on, I think we only shot like four coyotes out of there. But it just, it's that feeling of every stand we sat on was like, man, this this is too good looking of ground to not have a coyote on it. Right. Every time we left a, a set, I left thinking, man, how did we not call a coyote off that stuff? Right. And we, we ended up shooting, I think, 11 or 12 in two days, which is... I mean, now how many how many were in your day calling is how great. many were in your your class, if you will? So he does he does three guys per class. So okay. I, t- I took a buddy of mine up there with me, and and it's guys from from all walks of life. Mm-hmm. You know, place. guys that yeah. guys that see him and and Rick Paulette from Clay Center on their on their uh, TV show. You know, guys mm-hmm. that that have never hunted coyotes before in their entire life and mm-hmm. think that maybe they're interested in it. Yeah. Guys like me who were looking for extra details on on you know, coyote calling and getting in kind of the mind of a coyote and how to be better for clients mm-hmm. to really put them on coyotes and, and be successful. Um, you know, and then guys just kind of want the guided hunt experience and, and something like that. All walks of life. When we yeah. hunted the third guy in our group, never shot a coyote in his life, never been coyote hunting. And so That's we were able to get him on a, uh, on a coyote on that second day. We spent the whole second day kind of uh, focusing on him. Like, yeah. you know, we were taking, me and my buddy were taking kind of the downwind side every stand and trying to get him up on the call. And and I do feel a little bit bad second, third stand on that second morning. I, he stole I, one right out I snaked one out from underneath him <laughs> oh. uh, at the call and ended, up, do- shoot, do- ended up shooting a double on that stand. And, and Jeff made sure to let me know how bad I should feel about that. Yeah. Um, well, you're still talking about it, so I say it works. Well, yeah. come, come to find out five stands later, we get one called 60 yards up to the call, and uh, this guy goes to pull the trigger. Didn't have, uh, didn't rack his magazine all the way up into his AR. Mm-hmm. Didn't have a shell in there, so he went uh. click. So after that, Jeff said, "Oh, you know." So did somebody? Don't, he goes, somebody don't clean feel him too up? bad. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you right now. As far as shooting running coyotes, I've never seen anybody in my life as good as it as Jeff is. He shot when we were out there. We missed one. It took off running out across an open flat, and he hit it at 437 yards on a dead run. That's crazy. It I've, I've listened to another podcast with him in it. And, mm-hmm. and, well, that, he, that and he's, just a, he's just a genuinely good dude. Yeah. Genuinely good dude. But I, I will say that, yeah. So the he, guy – He's talked about uh, shooting on a run. And, and, oh, yeah. And, yeah, he that's just – kind of his thing. So yeah. we, so well, we finally get this guy on a coyote last day of the night. 
two come blowing in out across this field. He gets one. I've never seen a guy more excited to shoot a cut. That's awesome. That's life. what it's all about. And yeah, he's uh, going to come out with it. Us all it all comes season. full circle. Excellent. Yeah, he he went ahead and took a card and and booked a two day hunt with us. So there you go. He's going to come out. And I I told Try him. I said, if side. you thought this was exciting, I said I will guarantee you that we will see plenty of coyotes for right. you to shoot. So let's talk a little bit about for those for the guys that you know have already been in it or or that are you know have already maybe already have a thermal or or you know are into coyote hunting and shooting how much how much ground how many times will you set a a set you know a stand um in a season on the same piece yeah on the same piece um and 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 i know that's kind of you know at least to set the scene for those you know listeners out there you know around here it's flat Mm -hmm. um we that said we do have you know three rivers that kind of run through here our rivers aren't you know you can walk across them for the most part um but we've got a lot of creek bottoms but it's still flat Sure. And so wheat fields, you know, you can see, and there's a you road get, every you get a wheat mile field with a draw in it. It's that's worth calling. Yeah, you know? and there's 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 a road every mile, north mm-hmm. and south, east and west. So sure. we have tons of roads. Um, I mean, it's it's pretty rare around here for for us to have what we we call it a double section. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't I, you yeah. guys, Western are, Kansas is where yeah, I see them the but most. around our yeah. area, I don't even think anywhere very, that very I know few. of that there's there's a triple section anywhere. That I know of, like I think out by Bluff City, maybe. Well, yeah, you're getting, now you're getting kind of back yeah, out west, but, but in this area, yeah. So, very, very so few to set the scene. So, how sections. many, how much, how much ground does a guy need, or how many, you know, how many times will you set a stand? You know, it it all kind of depends. It depends on how the ground sets up first. I'm gonna call ground that has a creek bottom on it. I make I may be able to make two or three um, stands on it. You know, mm-hmm. in one night, backside, front side, the north south. You know, go to opposite sides of it, kind of deal. Um, big open wheat fields with draws in them. You're gonna yes. call. You're gonna be able fields. to make one stand. Yeah. You're gonna be able to make one stand on those usually. Mm-hmm. Um, I try not to call our places more than twice a year. Yeah, you just hit them early, hit them late, kind of rotate them. Yeah, in, uh, we'll hit some. Order. We'll hit some stuff. Yeah, first two three weeks in January, mm-hmm. um, and then you know we've got some stuff up north, McPherson area that we'll go hit and take care of some of that stuff like during February. And then we might swing back around and hit some of these other spots a second time. I would not recommend unless you just don't have the means of, of having a lot of ground and it happens. I understand that. Um, I, I would try not to call places more than, than twice in mm-hmm. a season. Yeah. Um, Cause as we it, talked about earlier, we t- we hit, these are smart, smart absolutely. animals. Well, and, and not only that, if you call two dogs in and you don't get them both killed, they've just become smarter. You would have a better opportunity if you call one coyote in, you kill that coyote. There's a better opportunity that another coyote or two moves into that piece of property, mm-hmm. and then you can call it a second time. Yeah, you know. Um, but the name of the game, you know, as far as if you want to do it a lot, just try to get as much as you can. That you know. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'll tell you right now. And Quantity more to, than quality, more yeah, so. Yeah, come back to bite us in the butt on on the ground situation. But when it comes to coyotes, there's not very many people you're going to find around here that do not want coyotes shot off their ground. Yeah, and that's you know whether it's deer hunters, whether it's farmers, whether it's even just well, hunters in general. Like you said about how hard it is to get deer chicken on ground around here. Yeah. No, even the family pet. I mean, yeah, exactly. You know, I live in I live in town here, but my my particular they'll come into town. Yeah, my yard. Yeah. Uh, we've seen uh, a coyote and fox Foxes. in our yard. Yeah. Um, and I my my yard kind of backs up to to a creek and everything. So, we but a home. handshake and a bottle of whiskey, yeah. can get you a long ways if you're yeah. looking for for permission on hunting. Ground. We live up on the north side of town. I've had two coyotes in my alley. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Just hanging out, trotting down the alley. Yeah. So do a double take on that one. Family, small family dogs and, oh, you yeah. know, yeah. cats. Don't, I always say if I ever end up shooting one in that back alley, I'm just going to say it was the neighbor's small dog that was in jeopardy. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. But so you'll find guys with prime deer hunting ground. I mean, some of the best deer hunting ground in the state that will say, oh, yeah, come out and kill as many Please cows as you want. As soon as deer out. season's over and January hits, you guys come out here and you shoot me of those cows right. so you can get your, yeah. get it, your gun and on. And I think that, that Kansas did it right by putting the season when they did it. You know, it's mm-hmm. after deer season. Guys don't have to worry about them and they're screwing up deer hunting, mm-hmm. this, that, and the other. You know, it's it's about perfect. Yeah. It's right in the breeding season. So um, let's talk about calling a little bit. So when you're calling with the electronic caller, you know, you can switch. There's, you know, some of them calls out there have, you know, 500 profiles. Can you call too much? Can you call too loud? How do you switch? So that's that's a thing between, I would say. Between, you know, animals? Sure. You know, yeah. do you uh, wait between? what? You know, so that was one of the big things up at that, that Kiowa College. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot about running the call. I run a lucky, we run Lucky Duck Super Revolt. That's the same one I got. And, uh, you know, you can run. find a better one. No. As far as, like, volume and call quality and sound quality, there's not a, I don't think there's a better call in the market. And then you'll always have guys that are big Fox Pro fans and, and Egotech and stuff like that. Um, but on that Super Volt, you can run two sounds at one time. At the same time. And, and yeah. you'll, maybe you're in the middle of February. We might run, you know, a coyote fight with some breeding, you know, some breeding sounds, maybe like a, like a female yip or some mm-hmm. wines or, or something like that. Um, I think a lot of times people give coyotes too much credit. When it comes to like call volume and leaving the call running or running it for too long, I think sometimes we get stuck in giving coyotes too much credit as far as they think like humans think. They're overthinking it. Yeah. Correct. You try to make it you so guys realistic say, that you make it fake. Well, mm-hmm. in a sense, not only that, you know but I mean? you say, oh, a coyote would never believe that a dying rabbit is that loud. So I, I shouldn't or turn the volume all the way. Long. I shouldn't turn the volume all the way up. They don't think like that. They're, right. they're attracted to chaos, mm-hmm. right? So my thinking is the longer you run that call and the louder you run that call, not only are you reaching further with the volume, but you're also running that for – I won't ever shut the call off. Unless there's one on a dead sprint that's going to run the call over and I'm trying to get it to stop, I'll run that thing. 10, 15 minutes at night, sometimes we'll go like 20 mm-hmm. minutes, especially if we've – we can but see not, some dogs that might be hung up for that long. And, no, and I'll switch. Um, you know, I, so will you go from a like a, like a minute and a half from a juvenile from then, a juvenile, you know, yelp to a woodpecker so, to a. So I'll, yeah, I'll run. Uh, I'll start almost all of our stands off with prey distress, um, unless we're in kind of that breeding season, that middle of February deal, and then you may not ever have to hit a, a prey distress sound on that deal. Um, but most. Most of the time, or majority of the time, I will start off with rabbit, um, a loud rabbit, maybe some sort of a, like a more of aggressive sound. TNT on on Lucky Duck is one of my favorite calls to run. Mm-hmm. Um, Lucky Pecker, the woodpecker sound. Mm-hmm. Um, some more like lip squeak um, right. is a good one for dogs that are hung up. A lot of that's going to people, get you a lot of a lot of people won't realize that. Um, but I'll, I'll run that that prey distress style sound. For three, three, four minutes, um, you know, if you've got coyotes close and, and they're hungry, it happens just like that. Well, they're uh, so curious. They're smart, but they're right. very, very curious animals, mm-hmm. too. We get to the middle of, of February, into January, middle of February, I'll run primarily 
uh, coyote fights and mm-hmm. pup distress. Is right. about all a that few, I'll run. A few lone howls, female if howls. I'm looking to, if I'm looking to figure out where coyotes where are, are located. when I get there, mm-hmm. I might hit a long howl piece. when we first start. Yep. Yep. Just to kind of see. Or maybe we're on a piece of ground where we can move to wherever we hear them and try to call that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of pup distress, a lot of coyote fights. Um, in the, especially breeding. in that, that mid that mid February at nighttime, the, those coyote fights just absolutely are on fire. Right. Um, and then the other thing is, you know, we'll sit those stands and I'll switch between those three styles, um, 15, 20 minutes tops. You know, sometimes you get to a place and if the coyotes aren't there, they're just not there. Um, so with your suppressed gun, if you shoot one in the first two minutes immediately no switch matter, into pup distress yep. no matter what happens whatever we're on um call wise as soon as somebody pulls the trigger suppressed or unsuppressed i'm hitting a pup distress call and we're going to wait another 75 80 90 percent of the time you get two charging in especially when we were running one gun at a time unsuppressed you shoot that lead coyote the other one takes off running maybe instead of lobbing three or four running shots at it. I hit that pup distress. He runs out 250, 300 yards, whips around, comes running right back to us, and we we get him killed at 100 yards. And <laughs> even if he doesn't come back, you stop him at 200, and you get a shot that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, always always running some sort of pup distress after a shot every yeah. single time. You know, I think some of these calls, too, that they have a setting on them that if there's a, a sound over a certain decibel, you know, like a gunshot, that call will automatically the original, switch into a pup distress. Some of the original yeah. Lucky Ducks did that. Or you can yep. set it to whatever sound you wanted. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, over a certain decibel, it will automatically switch that call immediately. Yeah, and, and I'll run that call full volume all the time. Right. No matter, you know, no matter where we're at. Wind, it helps especially, but if it's a cold, clear night, two-mile-an-hour wind, I'm still running that thing at 32. Really? Yep. Yeah. I mean, think about this. If you're hurt, seriously, or if you're in a fight, are you going to be like, Quiet about I'm going to start off at, at seven and go to you exactly, know, eight or nine exactly. if that doesn't work. And You're that's that's where people they get to reading into too much of they coyotes, don't want to scare coyotes thinking yeah. like we do. You know, a yeah. coyote saying, "Oh man, I've never heard a dying rabbit that that was that loud, or a dying rabbit that squealed for eight minutes." Yeah, if something's you know, on your throat like and that. trying to kill you, you're not going to be quiet about no, it. No, they're and right. you're not going to let up. They hear that sound and their brain lights up and they think. I got to figure out what's going on over there. That's mm-hmm. an easy meal. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. That's great. Yeah. Yep. So, well, obviously you guys are, you know, into it. You know what you're doing. You've been, I mean, and I know, um, you know, I've, I've, I've had testament of people that have been out with you that, you know, speak volumes to the success and the fun that they've had. Um, That's uh, The fun's the most important part. Absolutely. Yeah. And like Wayne so, said earlier about watching other people pull the trigger. You know, watching other people get to do it, that's what's most enjoyable. Right. I will say our only rule is you shoot it, you drag it. So <laughs> keep that in mind when yeah. you're shooting at coyotes. Exactly. You're out there with us. Yeah. Shoot them you, close. Shoot them close. Yeah, shoot them right. close. So make sure we and, didn't walk out. And they're not on the other side of the, the creek. Field. Yep, that's yeah. right. They're on that's the other right. side of the creek. Yeah, that, that 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 could get interesting. So, But you guys, Devil Dog Outdoors, you guys are on social media. You guys, um, Facebook. Facebook would be the easiest way to find yeah. us. Um, we're on Instagram, too. So Facebook, Instagram, um, and we'll have some links down um, at the bottom of the 
the page and everything like that. But, man, uh, guys, I can't tell you how much we appreciate you coming in here to, you know, to Powder and String and, and sitting down with us and talking. And obviously, we're going to have to do it again yeah. uh, sometime. Uh, but as soon as the season yeah, gets started. Mid-season we'll or a little mid-season, mid-season report. Season, kind of figure out yeah, and we're going to have some – we're going to have you guys – we're going to have some of your, uh, you know, videos and stuff. Yep. On the on the website, if we can remember to hit the record button, right? I will say that is one hundred percent the hardest part <laughs> of uh, coyote hunting with thermals is getting the video because I get it so, so quick. damn excited every time those coyotes come in. Yeah, and we'll kill three coyotes and be like, "Man, what an awesome stand that was!" And I'll hey, look at him and I say, "You hit you record, got that on right?" Video? And I say, <laughs> "Nope, miss that one. We're gonna have to yeah. get it next time." Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're gonna believe that triple huh? real quick yeah. on Instagram, just devil underscore dog underscore outdoors you can find us right there Um, we're going to post a lot of videos there'll be a lot of uh, once we start getting clients and even ourselves going out just kind of for fun um, I'll be doing some some story story storylines and stuff like that right I'll post all those and I know you guys have already got quite a few of your your um, hunts booked but Mm -hmm. you're still taking clients for this year we are still taking clients Um, probably only going to take two maybe three more sets of clients um, for this three month season We're, we're sitting at five or six right now and in three months it's just it's a lot of people to take in a short amount of time so Mm -hmm. um you know we want to try to make sure that everybody's getting the fair shake when you know we're calling different pieces of ground and and this and that that we're not on the same property don't want to take somebody out you know when we've already hunted this place twice and try to put them on coyotes so just not Um, fair yeah did find us on like i said follow us on on all that social media and yeah it should be a good one I'll, i'll tell you a quick story before we take off we uh buddy of mine and I went out two days ago, and I had heard all these guys talk about calling raccoons, mm-hmm. and I had never participated in this. Right. I will tell you right now that it might be the most fun you can have with your pants on. <laughs> we took that call out, and uh, buddy just running a, a little scope twenty two, and I took the twelve gauge, and and we we shot five raccoons in about forty minutes. And you go out there and light that thing up as loud as you can. That call. And these raccoons just boil out of these cottonwood trees. I've yeah. never seen anything like it before. And they will just flat out run over your call. Yeah. It I've heard, I've never done it with, with a call, but I've gone out um, with guys with dogs once uh-huh. before. And man, it was a good time. It was. Oh, and, and we did was, this. I mean, yeah, you want to go pure in the afternoon? Pure daylight. Yeah. I mean, they, they say it doesn't matter if you're out there at 10 o'clock in the morning or three o'clock in the afternoon. If there's raccoons in those trees, within a minute of firing the call they'll be standing in front of you and i always thought no yeah of course they will that's true yeah 100 percent. excellent well hey man we really appreciate it you know um you guys coming in here and being on the podcast um we're just getting this thing off and rolling and i'm super happy to have you guys on the podcast and be a part of it and yeah look us up on facebook um instagram and you can find these guys on there too dog outdoors lane and leander green greatly appreciate it guys thank you appreciate appreciate it. it thanks for having us on